Hi, Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys here, proud sponsor of the Universal After Dark podcast. How would you like to be among some of the first guests to stay at Universal's new property, the Aventura Hotel? Aventura opens this August and is another great option to consider when staying at Universal. You can get early entry benefits, transportation to and from all the parks, and have views of any of the three parks. At the end of a long day, have a drink in style on the new rooftop bar. Book a four-night stay with me to get 20% off your stay with rates as low as $116 per night along with a $50 food and drink credit. You must book by June 15th and travel dates are August 16th through December 20th. Mention this ad to stack your savings and get $25 off your deposit. Find me at WPMagicJourneys.com or any social media at WPMagicJourneys. Welcome to Universal After Dark, a Universal podcast that's not the same as all the others. Ho, 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 and welcome to this festive edition of Universal After Dark. Tonight, while I am out delivering, emptying my sack upon all the people, children, oh, Jimmy Savile, children, people, fucking out, people of the world, I bequest upon you, Craig and Nick from the unofficial Universal After Dark. Oh, no, not unofficial. Fuck unofficial. <laughs> I, I can see already this is going to require some editing. No, it's not. No, it's not. That was boss. Thanks, Santa. You go and empty your innards all over the children of the world. I don't think that's a sack you meant, but okay. And especially make sure you give something special to little Timmy from the Orlando podcast because he's had a shit year. And Boston, of course, because this is her podcast. Now, well, right. We got together with Father Christmas, so we thought we'd record a little... Christmas Eve episode of Universal After Dark without Boston's uh, knowledge, didn't we? Did he? Doddy. Oh, too soon. Hashtag too soon. Oh, remember when we used to know Chris Ripley? If I had one Christmas wish, he'd be getting visited by three fucking ghosts now. Maybe that's what that song was about. Yeah, well, maybe. Right. That's something so, I used to know. Nick, yep. before we get yeah. to the meat of the um, pasty, what yep. are you drinking on this festive Christmas Eve? Um, well, first, firstly, it's obviously a vegetarian or vegan pasty for me. Um, so there's no meat in it. Um, but I am, of course, drinking eggnog. Is there nothing better to drink oh. when uh, recording a Christmas episode than some eggnog? I am drinking um, a gift from the green grocer I have frequented every Monday morning for a year. Right, he's one of the nicest men I know. So go and visit him or just off Muirhead Avenue on uh, in L twelve, Liverpool, West Derby. That, that's slightly specific. Like I'm not sure many of our listeners are within, you know, reasonable distance to visit your greengrocer. Drive up to him wherever you are, or drive down to him wherever you are and say, Mark, 
plague has raised a glass of monkey shoulder in your general erection, uh, direction. Oh, I've got a light catch on it. I'm putting all my more Lando catchphrases in here to get more listeners. <laughs> might work. It might be. Right, so what are we doing tonight, Craig? Because this right. is a special episode. It's a special episode for our Amanda. We're going to try and make her cry, okay? Because that's how we are. That's how we roll. So we are recording How the Grinch Stole Christmas by Dr. Zeus. Okay? It's the, the book adaptation. We're just going to read through it. We're going to see it's, where this goes. It's it's not a book adaptation. It's the book. No, it's the book. The a- adaptations were the cartoon and the film. Oh, and is the it? other film? Yeah. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It's. Oh, I thought I thought you were being a fucking like a cock because we say book and you say book. No, no, no. I mean, yes, you don't say book, right? But that's not my problem. What but... do you say? Book. Oh, I say book. Yeah, that's the same. So it's the book. Uh, the the Grinch who stole Christmas, uh, first written in 1957 by uh, Theodore Roosevelt. Giesel, oh, sorry, Giesel Theodore Seuss, also known as Doctor Zeus. Okay, so I'm literally going to crack on. Every who down in Whoville liked Christmas a lot, but the Grinch who lived just north of Whoville did not. The Grinch hated Christmas, the whole Christmas season. Now, please don't ask why. No one quite knows the reason. It could be his head wasn't screwed on just right. It could be, perhaps, that his shoes were too tight. But I think that the most likely reason of all may have been that his heart was two sizes too small. Now, before before I jump in, well, um, it could be perhaps that his shoes were too tight. I mean, is it possible that um, when the the Grinch, who never wears shoes, actually, that's a good point to make there, but could it be that when he did try and wear shoes once, that he left the uh, the, the crushed up paper inside the toe box, and that's why the shoes were too tight? Well, I mean, if his heart was two sizes too small... That's that's not healthy. I was that, that can lead to all kind of uh, respiratory problems. Yeah, but I bet his legs were numb and everything, and his lips were always blue. But so go on, crack on. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. And they're hanging their stockings. He snarled with a sneer. Tomorrow is Christmas. It's practically here. Then he growled with his Grinch fingers, nervously drumming. I must find some way to stop Christmas from coming. For tomorrow. He knew, but whatever the reason, his heart or his shoes, he stood there on Christmas Eve hating the Who's, staring down from the cave with a sour, grinchy frown as the warm light's windows below in their town, for he knew every Who down in Whoville beneath was busy now hanging a mistletoe wreath. <sighs> Merry Oh, sorry. Merry, merry. I don't, that's, that's not a line in the book. That's just a banner in the picture. Oh, okay. <laughs> the words. <laughs> all, all the who girls and boys would wake bright and early. They'd rush for their toys. And then, oh, the noise. Oh, the noise, 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 noise. 
That's one thing he hated. The noise, 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 noise! Then the Who's young and old would sit down to a feast, and it feast, and it feast, and it feast, 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 feast. They would feast on Who pudding and rare Who roast beast, which was something the Grinch couldn't stand in the least. That's lazy writing, that, isn't it? I mean, you could argue that a lot with, with some of Dr. Seuss's work. Just right? repeat the same word ten times. Yeah, but it's like when you listen to a rap song from, like, Pitbull or someone really crap. Like, they do that quite... Pitbull uh, rhymed Kodak with Kodak. I mean, <laughs> Did he repeat know. it ten times? Uh, not, not, I don't think so. Okay. And then they do something he liked least of all. Every who down in Whoville... The tall and the small would stand close together with Christmas bells ringing. They'd stand hand in hand, and the Who's would start singing. They'd sing, and they'd sing, and they'd sing, oh, sing, sing, ditto, ditto. And the more the Grinch thought of this Who Christmas sing, the more the Grinch thought, I must stop this whole thing. Why, for 53 years I've put up with it now. I must stop this Christmas from coming, but how? So, I, I, I've got a theory here, right? Because, I mean, it's, it's very apparent this early into the book that Dr. Zeus seems to, for some reason, think it's completely appropriate to use the same word 20 times uh, when he could just use something else. So, I reckon this was a first draft... He put it into the publisher, and they've gone, uh, yeah, but, you know, you're under the minimum word count. You yeah. need to speed up a little bit. And he just used the same words again. This is, this is the problem that I almost fell myself into that's when the, I was writing mine. Well, to be fair, that's how Ripley's got away with it for the last five years. Touche. Then he got an idea, an awful idea. The Grinch got a wonderful, awful idea. Good, you do the next one as well. All I need is a reindeer. The Grinch looks around. But since reindeer are scarce, there were none to be found. Did that stop the old Grinch? No, the Grinch simply said, If I can't find a reindeer, I'll make one instead. So he called his dog Max, then he took some red thread, and he tied a big horn on the top of his head. I know just what to do, the Grinch laughed in his throat. And he made a quick Santa Claus hat and a coat. And he chuckled and clucked. What a great Grinchy trick. With this coat and this hat, I look just like that idiot Nick. Oh, hey, I'm Morlando from the Morlando podcast. And I'm going to read the next page. Then the Grinch said, giddy up. And the sleigh started down towards the homes where the Who's lay a snooze in their town. Then he loaded some bags and some old empty sacks on a ramshackle sleigh and he hitched up old Max. All their windows were dark. Quiet snow filled the air. All the Who's were all dreaming sweet dreams without care. When he came to the first little house on the square, this is the stop number one, the old Grinchy Claws hissed. And he climbed to the roof, empty bags in his fist. Then he slid down the chimney, a rather tight pitch. 
But if Sansa could do it, then so could the Grinch. He had stuck only once for a moment or two. Then he stuck his head out of the fireplace flue, where the little who stockings all hung in a row. These stockings, he grinned, are the first things to go. Thank you, Orlando. I'm going now. <laughs> okay. Tiny Bye. Timmy needs his nappy changing. He's 12. Then he slivered and slunk with a smile most unpleasant around the whole room, and he took every present. Pop guns and bicycles, roller skates, drums, checkerballs, tricycles, popcorn and plums. Who buys plums as a present? I wouldn't be happy. And he stuffed them in bags, then the Grinch very nimbly stuffed all of the bags one by one up the chimney. Unless it was like a glory hole. <laughs> then he slunk in the icebox and he took the Who's Feast. He took the Who Pudding and he took the Roast Beast. He cleaned out that icebox as quick as a flash. Why, that Grinch even took the last can of Who Hash. Then he stuffed all the food up the chimney with glee. And now grinned the Grinch. I'll stuff up the tree. And the Grinch grabbed the tree and he started to shove. Then he heard a small sound like a coo of a dove. He turned around fast and he saw a small who. Little Cindy Lou who <laughs> who was not more than two. Oh, like our rules. The Grinch had been caught by this tiny who daughter who got out of bed for a cup of cold water. She stared at the Grinch and said, Santa Claus, why? Why are you taking our Christmas tree? Why? And his fib filled the child. Then he patted her head. And he got her a drink. And he sent her to bed. And when Cindy Lou Who went to bed with her cup, he went to the chimney and stuffed the tree up. But you know that old Grinch was so smart and so slick. He thought up a lie, and he thought it up quick. Why, my sweet little tut, the fake Santa Claus lied. There's a light on this tree that won't light on one side. So I'm taking it home to the workshop, my dear. I'll fix it up there, then I'll bring it back here. I think that page must be the wrong way around. Then the last thing he took was the log for their fire. Then he went up the chimney himself, the old liar. On their walls he left nothing but hooks and some wire. And the one speck of food that he left in the house was a crumb that was even too small for a mouse. You can see the mouse there. But, well, listeners can't, it's a podcast. Then he did the same thing to the other whose houses leaving crumbs much too small for the other whose mouses. Go ahead, carry on. It was quarter past dawn, all the who's still abed, all the who's still a snooze, when he, pe- he packed up his sled, packed it up with their presents, the ribbons, the wrappings, the tags and the tinsel, the trimmings, the trappings. 3,000 feet up, up the side of Mr. Crumpet. Mount Crumpet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, glass. Is this whiskey? 
Mount Crumpy, Mr. Crumpy. Hello, I'm Mr. Crumpet. Squirt some butter on me. He rode with his load to the tip-top to dump it. Poo-poo to the who's. And he grinchly, gr- grinchously humming. They find it. Oh, this is getting hard. It's, I don't it's glasses <laughs> or the whiskey. They're finding out now that no Christmas is coming. They're just waking up. I know just what they're doing. Their mouths will hang open a minute or two. Then the who's down in Whoville will cry. All cry, I mean. Boo-hoo. That was a hard page. Go on. That's a noise, grinned the Grinch, that I simply must hear. So he pulls and the Grinch put his hand to his ear. And he did hear a sound rising over the snow. It started in low, then it started to grow. But the sound wasn't sad. Why, this sound sounded merry. It couldn't be so, but it was merry, very. He stared down at Whoville. The Grinch popped his eyes. Then he shook. What he saw was a shocking surprise. Every who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, was singing without any presents at all. He hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came. Somehow or other, it came just the same. And the Grinch, with his Grinch feet, ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages boxes or bags and he puzzled three hours till his puzzler was sore then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before maybe Christmas he thought doesn't come from a store maybe Christmas perhaps means a little bit more why did the Grinch suddenly become scouse because he is scouse he's dead hard <laughs> And what happened then? Well, in Whofield, they say, that the Grinch's small heart grew three sizes that day. And the minute his heart didn't feel quite so tight, he whizzed with his load through the bright morning light. Shut up, Greg. And he brought back the toys and the food for the feast. And he... Should we do this together? He He himself, himself, the Grinch Grinch carved carved the roast... Beast. beast. Who cooked the beast? Oh, that was nice, that. Well, I mean, you know, if they, if the Who's are smart, they'd have sous it, because I, I imagine that's probably the best way to uh, to cook a, a, a Who beast. Was it called a Who beast? Who beast, yeah. Why is it, why, why do they have to call everything Who? Can I have a cup of Who water, please? Who, the, who I mean, could you imagine what all the Whovilles in Whoville watching Doctor Who? Oh, it would just be carnage, wouldn't it? Oh, it's just... So, anyway, Nick, we would like to wish all the listeners a very Merry Christmas. Indeed. Absolutely. We'd like to thank all the team from the After Dark Podcast Network, including our two newest podcasts, who are 100% American boys, well, we haven't seen we haven't seen the uh, 
the ancestry report, but we imagine that that's that's accurate. I think that American boys. I think um, the six-year seniors and the time limit draw are literally crying their eyes out now after listening to that all-American uh, book. He was American, wasn't he, Doctor Who? <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Zeus. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yes, yes, he was. Um, I mean, do you think they're crying tears of joy? Yeah. Or do, they, do, you, do you think they're crying because we've ruined it? Um, both. Because mm. I've never known two, two grown men take to a podcast network with quite so much gusto as these two boys. So, I mean, True. thank you to all our listeners for this year. Thank you to all the team for this year. Thank you to Wendy, our beautiful sponsor, uh, 2019 we hope is going to be the biggest and best year for the After Dark Podcast Network uh, it's oh, Christmas yes. Eve and we're going to mention a little bit of Halloween Horror Nights there you go, that's as far as it goes Phil um, <laughs> but September next year is going to be something special and uh, the only thing uh, you know, I echo everything Craig said um, You know, obviously to all our listeners thank you because without you uh, we don't have anything, so thank you for all your continued support, and we promise that, you know, if you've enjoyed this year, next year will be better, but just before we go, we've read uh, The Grinch, we've seen various versions of The Grinch, obviously this is the book, there's been a, uh, an animated short, there's been a live-action film with Jim Carrey, and there's been a new animated film this year with uh, Humperdinck Cumberbatch. Um, Craig, what is your favourite version of The Grinch? The book. Really? Yeah, because the rest of it's just padding. Yeah, yeah. I Doctor Zeus didn't write the screenplay for the films. That's just being done by some other people. Yeah. Well, I think he might have done the animated special, but um, I hope yeah, he did because I'm going. Oh God! <laughs> Listen to everybody's got one because we'll have to do this now. But I've never seen the Grinch the animated special. Uh, to be fair, right, and this is this is the thing, right? Um, we in, in in England, the Grinch hasn't always been uh, a big thing. Like in America, it's a, it's a, an annual tradition to watch that uh, animated film, um, and we don't have that in the UK, so we don't have the the same affinity with it as our American uh, friends and colleagues. So it's a bit different for us. I I only saw it because I bought it on DVD about ten years ago. The first version of The Grinch I ever saw was the Jim Carrey version. And that is my favourite version of The Grinch. Oh, there is padding. Absolutely there's padding. But I think Jim Carrey in that film is just masterful. That's um, the only version of The Grinch I've seen on the live type of thingy. So um, on the Who box. So that's my favourite um, visual type moving thing. But the book is beautiful. It's very well written. Apart from there's too many repetition words. But only at the beginning. Only at the beginning. Yeah. Um, there's a reason why, you know, that book came out in 57. You know, so that's what, 60 years? We're 60 years after that now? 61 years, if my maths is correct? So, you know, that's a long old time. And that book still holds up. It's still a classic. It still gets written every, uh, read every year. Um, I bought a copy of it for my daughter this, this Christmas. Uh, I mean, originally we were going to record it with, with her, but it was just a little bit too tricky for her. Um, but you know, it's a film that stood. Uh, sorry, it's a it's a story that's told. 
stood the test of time. That eggnog's strong, isn't the, it, lad? The eggnog is really kicking in. Um, it's a story that stood the test of time. Um, you know, it's because of like films and other things, it gets seen by a new generation who go and read the books and then go and see his other work. So um, I think we made a very good choice in, in picking this as our Christmas story for Universal After Dark. Yeah. So if you've got any feedback, emails, we've got an email address now. It's universalafterdark at gmail.com and raise a glass to a very peaceful, merry, happy, joyous Christmas and a wondrous new year. So there you go. No, night. Good night. After Dark Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network.